Tigers on Cage. Shoots his goal! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Podcast about your Medicine Hat Tiger, the 9-30-3-1 Medicine Hat Tigers. Wow, that's so good. My name is Jesse. As always, my co-host, Mr. Lansdahl. Not great, but I feel like we should hype up what the record is. Looking for that 10th win this weekend. I don't I don't know if that's good. Listen, we're going to talk about this when Scotty comes in. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are, oh, this is the worst team in history. I get that as a fan point. But you have to look to the future. That's true. Because there is potential. There are rumblings. Mm. We're going to get a top three pick in the WHL draft. Hopefully it's number one. That'd be great. Could be. Could we're be. also one of the worst teams in the CHL. And before you get mad at that, mm-hmm. we could get a top three pick mm-hmm. in the import draft. That's also true. So help is on the way. Could be. Let's be glad that we can go to Tiger Game, not show a QR code. Sure. And eat and drink all we want. All the food, all the popcorn. All the food, all the popcorn, all the swirls ice cream. <laughs> you can eat it, co People do love the swirls ice cream on the concourse. I love it. But, uh, but, yeah, there's been a, a lot of growth, I think, from a bunch of different players this season, so that's a plus. And uh, you, you saw back on Wednesday against the Wheat Kings, the, the best line by far that night was Oasis Wiseblatt, Teague Patton, and Andrew Basha. I mean, they were creating nonstop and – and playing top minutes uh, against you know the likes of Ridley Gregg and, and Marcus Cali and Kelly and Vincent Diorio, these guys who are NHL drafted players. Some, and in the case of Ridley Gregg being a part of Team Canada at the World Juniors, Vinny Iorio getting the opportunity to go to the camp. Uh, in Kelly and Kelly's case, he's already played pro hockey. He played in the uh, the American Hockey League last year, so uh, a lot of experience on that Wheat Kings team, and for young guys to to get the chance to go up against them and defend them and and feel what it's like to play against some of those better players, you're only better for it down the road. So Last two games, I would argue, to say Tigers have played very well. You look at that game against Edmonton, they're up 3-1 at one point. Yeah. And then for Brandon, it was 1-1, 2-1 maybe in, in the final ends of the third. Tigers hitting crossbars and just barely getting that puck over the net. Still wondering how one of those did not go in. Yeah. Brandon just takes the puck and says, okay, we need to just... Get yeah. back, and, and they make it 3-1. And we have to talk about Garen Bjorklund having potentially one of the greatest games of his season mm-hmm. against the Brandon Weekings, 38 saves. So we'll, we'll touch on that. I also have to apologize to a certain Tiger. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's big. It's that's a big, big call. But you a, have to admit when you're wrong sometimes, uh, yeah, so I appreciate I, that. I'm not a guy that uses that S word, but uh, we'll get Scotty in here. And uh, there is a member of the Tigers team that I owe an apology to. Okay. A guy who I have uh, really been a, a fan of as mm-hmm. of late. Okay. So Good. we'll touch on that. And uh, Scotty's going to join us in just a minute. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. 
For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. My name is Jesse. He's Lance Dahl. And as always, we are joined by the interim play-by-play man, uh-huh. Mr. Scott Roblin. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you guys doing? Hey, we are doing all right. Let, let's talk about the Tigers because I'm looking at the positive side of the last two games. You take on a team like the Edmonton Oil Kings, granted, probably one of the best teams in the CHL right now, and then the Brandon Wee Kings, tough team as well. I thought, looking at the score, score doesn't do it justice. Tiger played two very good games. Yeah, I think overall it was some of the, especially in the last game against Brandon, some of the best consistency that they've shown in games so far this year. I think the Tigers have really struggled in just trying to string together even, you know, 10-minute stretches in games. I was asking Willie Desjardins about that, and he he said, you know, we try and break it up in segments so it's not so overwhelming for a young team, and we saw that. Uh, on Wednesday night here at home at, at Co-op Place as the Tigers. I thought even though they were outshot quite a bit by by Brandon, I thought overall they played quite well. Um, you know, it was one of those nights where you hit a number of posts and crossbars and tip pucks that trickled just wide of the nets and Ethan Kruger came up with a couple of big saves and just the momentum swings were in Brandon's favor and um, I think for Medicine Hats, it was a good experience on Saturday going up on the Edmonton Oil Kings. And uh, Joe Frazier was talking after the game. The team was pretty crushed after that game against the Edmonton Oil Kings. And Joe said that's a good thing because this team knows that they can hang with some of the top teams in the league, uh, even take a two-goal lead on the Edmonton Oil Kings nearing the midway mark of the second period. Um, It's just uh, trying to stretch that over a longer span. And we saw that happen on Wednesday night. I thought the Tigers for stretches were the better team against the Brandon Wheat Kings. Um, full marks going to Brandon. I mean, they they pushed in that third period and they score three times over the final 20 minutes of play. Um, Garen Bjorklund's absolutely showcasing why he is the goaltender that is leading this Tigers charge. He's had a really rough month and he had a, a big bounce back performance with 38 saves against the Brandon Weekings. Um, ultimately not enough to pick up uh, points and the, the losing streak goes to four games for the Tigers. But I think there was a definitely a lot to build on for the team as they enter a very busy stretch of the season. Yeah, it's it's only going to get busier from here. And we've been talking about how that probably benefits the Tigers so that they don't have to sit and think about game after game after game and instead can just go out and play. But uh, you know, the the biggest thing that I think all of us can take away is kind of in that vein, just the effort, though. It was it was consistent for for a fair bit of the game uh, against the Wheat Kings back on, on Wednesday, and that spills over from the, the momentum that you alluded to that you pick up over the weekend against the Edmonton Oil Kings. But I'm just curious if, you know, the coaching staff doesn't pull the last 10 minutes of tape and specifically in the offensive zone and says, 
this is what we want to do for 60 minutes, not just a 10-minute burst. Well, you talk about that sense of urgency and just pace of play late in the game that the Tigers have shown. I mean, you go back to that game against the Calgary Hitmen where the Medicine Hat Tigers just exploded in the last couple minutes mm-hmm. of the third period. They just ran out of runway. And playing with that sense of desperation and urgency for uh, an entire stretch of game is going to be something that Medicine Hat is going to need to try and sustain. And I think sustaining that consistent offensive zone pressure where you're getting guys just absolutely firing it towards the net. Defenders taking that extra second maybe to open up a shooting lane rather than have a shot blocked from the point. Uh, that's going to be key for this team. Look, you talk to the coaching staff. The the One of the more enlightening things I've heard recently is the competes and the wants is there from the team. They're, they're not giving up in games, no. and the effort is 100% there for the team. But Willie Desjardins did say um, on Wednesday night when I spoke to him pregame that at times the belief necessarily isn't there for the Tigers, mm-hmm. and that's mainly due to the, the youth of this team. When you come into this league and your first experience at the WHL level is still not getting to double-digit wins and when we're you know, entering game 44 of a season – that's tough for any young player, and your your confidence and, and belief can take a hit. And I think that has happened with the Tigers at certain times this year, and the coaching staff has noticed that. But I think if you get more of that consistency saying, look at the pressure we're causing and the havoc we're causing in front of the net. There were times where Brandon was scrambling in front of their net yeah. on Wednesday night. So I think if you can lean into that, that gives a little bit more belief that the goals are going to come. A centimeter here, a centimeter there. The Tigers, uh, you know, likely would have taken the lead on Wednesday nights. You have games like that where the bounces don't go your way, and you you get robbed at one end by Ethan Kruger, and then ten seconds later, the puck's in the back of your own net, uh, the other end of the ice. Um, you're gonna have nights like that, but if you can try and get that consistency and belief back into your game, um, that only serves the team well. That play right there kind of summed up the Tigers' season. Like they, they were. They were centimeters away from tying that game. They were hitting post. The puck was on the line, and all of a sudden, Brandon gets the puck back, and boom, 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 score. That's pretty much been the season for the Tigers. Yeah, and it's you can understand where the sense of frustration comes in for this team because that is a perfect scenario where you say, what more do we have to do? Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're throwing pucks towards the net. You know, Brandon outshot Medicine Hat for most of the game, but there was a lot of chances for Brandon that were kind of kept to the perimeter. Garen Bjorklund made some unbelievable saves, and um, there was a stretch there in the second period where the Tigers allowed three breakaways in the span of about 90 seconds, and Bjorklund came up huge in that aspect. But let's face it, let's just call a spade a spade. The Tigers are going to get outshot most nights. Mm -hmm. Which is rare, because, I mean, we're we're a team, you look down uh, years down the road, we've always been a team that will pump 40 shots in, maybe score two goals. We've always been a team that shoots, for some reason this year, we're not getting the shots. I think the reason is, and the coaching staff has said, they're not as talented as other teams in the league yep. offensively. And that's the reason why you're going to see teams being able to control the puck on the Medicine Hat Tigers. And this isn't uh, a point in the season where you say, uh, you know, the Tigers are still feeling it out. We're we're into, you know, the, the 40s in terms of games played this year. This is what the Tigers are. They're a team that is going to get outshot most nights, but it's what they do while getting outshot and trying to get offensive generation themselves. I thought for, for Medicine Hat, even though the shots were lopsided, the quality grade A chances they had on Wednesday night against Brandon were very impressive. And I think it's being opportunistic, which we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks for this team, and being able to step up in those situations and say, hey, we might get one or two shots on this offensive zone pressure chance here. 
try and make him the best that you can. And the Tigers did that. They had shots that beat Ethan Kruger, but just hit iron or just miss wide or were tipped, um, you know, high above the net. It's just about settling those things down. And, you know, maybe one night this weekend, the Tigers get uh, three off the post and in. Uh, hockey's a weird sport. And uh, I think when you talk about offensive zone pressure, the Tigers aren't going to get as much as other teams around the league just because they don't necessarily have the talent pool that others do. But that doesn't mean they still can't convert on those you know, few chances that they might have. So often you can feel the direction in which a game is going, right? And I think when the Oil Kings were here, you, you, you felt like the Tigers were bending, but the break was going to happen. At some point, the Oil Kings were going to break through. That was just the sense you had in, in the building that night. But when the Wheat Kings were, were here on Wednesday, you didn't have that sense. And even going into the third period, it, it felt like the Tigers were right in it. Like you mentioned, the shots were lopsided. I'm pretty sure Brandon had 19 shots in the second period alone. And so you look at the shot total and on the outside looking in, you probably say, well, this is not even close. But in reality, watching and feeling the game, they had a lot of you know strong play within their own zone, neutral and offensively. Like all three zones, they were taken care of pretty well. So, so that's a positive, I think, when you, when you move into the, the back half and the back end of the season is knowing that, yes, you're, you're, like you said, you're not going to outshoot teams. You're not going to put up high volume. That's, that's not what this team is this year, and it might not even be what they are next year. But it's a matter of, of being able to, to be comfortable in those spots and, and not having yourself be put out of the game. You know what I mean? Well, and how many times did we see against the Wheat Kings where the Tigers looked to be coming in on a breakaway chance or a two-on-one rush that, you know, a puck would bounce, the, the player would get caught, just not quite as fast uh, coming in off the rush and the play would get broken up. The, the complete opposite is what we saw from the Brandon Wheat Kings. Anytime they came in off the rush, um, they'd usually have two, three, even four skaters wide and would be able to move the puck. That's something the Tigers are going to look to kind of key in on as they face, um, you know, teams like Brandon, like Edmonton, like Winnipeg in the next couple weeks here mm -hmm. is trying to execute a bit more off the rush. And, you know, there, there were a number of times where the Tigers – they're hemmed in their own zone for, let's say, 45 seconds, not a crazy amount of time. The puck would hop over the stick of the defender. It looked like it's a two-on-one the other way, and the Tiger skaters just ran out of gas. Yeah. They, they didn't have the foot speed to keep up. Um, that's where the conditioning, and, and especially as we get into this wild stretch of games, you know, I was looking at it on terms of, the, the season's likely going to be extended, you know, with mm -hmm. the Tigers still having to make up four games. Um, if it's not, if they cram all the games into the current schedule that it is right now, the Tigers are playing 26 games over 46 days. Ugh. It is a wild schedule down the backstretch, so conditioning is going to play into a lot of what we're going to see for Medicine Hat um, as we talk about the next couple weeks, and that includes converting off the rush. So I think that's something that Medicine Hat's, we, we've talked about as well, Lance, that you have some games where Medicine Hat is completely dump and chase, mm -hmm. and other games where it's let's attack off the rush and not even, uh, you know, pick it up in the neutral zone and fire it in and chase after it. It's like, well, we'll try and attack across the blue line. The Tigers kind of go back and forth there. There isn't quite one identity from what we've seen from the team and their breakout and their attack. No. But when it comes to, to converting off the rush, it's going to be just trying to keep up with the foot speed of some of those defenders in the league that are just so adept at uh, being able to retreat back yeah. to their own zone. Boys, if I could for a moment, I'm not a man who likes to, who apologizes a lot or admits that I'm wow. wrong. But there is, is a, this a big moment here? Yeah, this is a big moment. There is an individual <laughs> on this team that when we started this, I wasn't sure if I was going to be a fan of. A guy that I thought was, man, probably going to cost us a lot of games with his temper. Don't know if he's got the fit. But I have to say, Oasis Wise I'm Black proud of you for coming around. Has been a huge change in this team. I have become a huge fan of this guy. This has been a kid now. He's one of the first ones that's ready to go. 
When I get those boys ready, he's the first one out there. He he's using the body, and he's the guy that probably shouldn't be using the body because of his size. A little but wrecking you, ball. <laughs> you wouldn't believe. Had a big hit on Huge I think it was hit. Brett Highlands. Yeah. In front and of the he Tigers just bench. looks over the guy like like well, you gonna do something? If not, get out of the way because I got to get to the bench because he was right in front of the door. He's passing a little bit more. Sure, he's taking some penalties, which probably shouldn't be. But I like the aggressiveness. So for Oasis, I got to apologize. I've become a huge fan of yours. I yeah. think the biggest thing we've seen with Oasis Wiseblatt is picking his spots in terms of when to use that energy and that aggressiveness and limiting the turnovers. Mm-hmm. He he was really prone to turning over the puck over the first half of the season. He'll still do it from time to time because that's just that's the it's type of game he plays. Yeah. But I, I've seen from up in the broadcast booth, and I'm sure you have as well, Lance, um, just those turnovers either in his own zone or trying to work his way through neutral ice to, to break it into the attacking zone. Uh, you're seeing less of Oasis Wiseblatt's turning it over, and you're seeing even more you know chip and chase, which yeah. we really didn't see from Oasis early in the year. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot more measured. In just the way that he attacks the game, that's the big difference, right? Because I think at the start of the year, and Jesse, you and I talked about it, like he was all over the place. He was yeah. just he was running into every single corner and, yeah. and hitting something all the time, and that looked good. But it was just it was so chaotic that it wasn't good for his game. And he's starting to slow down and settle in a little bit. So, yeah, you're not the only one that's coming around on Oasis. He yeah. has he has been really good. But uh, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk a little bit about Garen and just mm-hmm. just you know how important that game was for him. Obviously, you, you can see uh, he, he comes out Wednesday night for the three stars, picking up second star honors, is, is frustrated visibly because his team didn't pick up the win. But I think today, uh, in the days, you know, even leading throughout the rest of this year, he, he can draw back on that game Wednesday night as, as something that uh, could be a big turnaround and, and a point that he can jump off from in the back end of the season. Well, I mean, Garen is the veteran of the two goalies that are on the Tigers roster, but I look at it in in a similar way of what we saw with Beckett Lankow. All it took was one game for Beckett Lankow to come out with a solid performance um, and being able, I believe it was that game against Red Deer that I think he really got his game back. Mm -hmm. And I I think the same is going to happen with Garen. He looked locked in. He looked like the goaltender we've seen the last three years here in Medicine Hat in terms of just his ability to make 10 bell saves. His play along the ice was so good last night, uh, taking away every opportunity that Brandon had in terms of rebounds, in terms of breakaways. Um, He was so dialed in last night. And you look at the goals as well. One comes off a, you know, a a four player rush um, that is picked up on the rebound by Riley Janelle. A uh, goal by Chad Nychuk that banks off a Tigers defender and in, and then another off the rush with uh, just an unbelievable shot by Noah Danielson. Like, you can't really hang much of last night's game on Garen Bjorklund in terms of the goals that were allowed. Um, he was the best player on the ice mm-hmm. for the Madison Hat Tigers. And you know what? Here's hoping just for Garen. This has been the toughest stretch of his WHL career, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, being pulled in four out of five starts is so inconceivable of what we've come to expect from Garen Bjorklund that now he has a performance like this, 38 saves, um, easily was the reason why the Tigers hung around in that game for as long as they did. Look, Medicine Hat isn't going into the third period with a chance to win that game without 19 saves in the second period from Garen Bjorklund. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And nothing against Bjorklund. I think he's a great goaltender. I think we have a really good one-two punch with Beckett in there as well. If I could play devil's advocate, because that's what the podcast is all about, we've seen him have great games, like the other night against Brandon, like Red Deer, like Calgary, but we've also seen him pulled four in five games. Does this kid have the potential to be a number one goaltender, a goaltender we can rely on, or is he going to be a Jekyll and Hyde? 
Well, I think for the majority of his career, he's been fairly consistent, even going back to the first half of the season for Medicine Hat, when arguably they were playing their most inconsistent hockey, you know, on that 16-game slide. Karen was keeping this team in games for a lot of nights, mm-hmm. and I think this is more a blip of what we've seen for... It doesn't matter how old you are in the Western Hockey League because at the end of the day, you know, we talk about veterans and leaders and and experience in this league, which are all fair. We're still talking about 19-year-olds. You know, these are are not pro athletes. These are not players who have a ton of life experience behind them. You're still going to see, even from the vets, points where they got frustrated and lose confidence. And we saw that from Garen over the past month. Um Look, he is. You go into that locker room, one of the most competitive, determined players on Medicine Hat's roster. Him losing the games that he has over the past month, I know have not sat well with him. And I think this is going to be a, a key turning point for him. And I do think that, you know, with the experience that he has, he can get back to the game that we've seen. Um, you know, you look at his stats and it's been a rough year statistically for him. And uh, part of that goes to Garen for sure. And a part of that goes to the defense around him who on a lot of nights have let him down. Um, I, I think for Garen though, he is salt enough of a goaltender. We saw that last night where he can be the reason why a team is staying in a game and the Tigers going to need that over the back half of the season. Look, the Washington Capitals don't draft a goaltender. Um, like Aaron Bjorklund, if they don't think that he can be a starter in the Western Hockey League or even at the pro level in the minors. So I think it, it, it's still a learning experience for even guys who are a bit older like Aaron. You, you teed in on something talking about how the team's played in front of him, right? And I think that's a bit of a microcosm of, of what you see in his numbers and why they're not up to what we'd expect. But, I mean, you just simply got to look at that game and around five or six odd man rushes that he has to stop and three breakaways in a minute and a half and and all these things pile up and that's like a night-to-night basis and it only gets amplified when you quite literally have no room for error in in nets with, with how Garen's had to play because of what's gone on in front of him that all of a sudden when he lets in a soft one then you're like oh geez but but it's a fair it's a fair question yeah. because you you wonder what this looks like next year because inherently this team's going to get better, right? Yeah. And you want to know what you have in net's going to be solid because you do have Lankow right behind him who's a, uh, one year younger. And, and so there, there's always, you know, the question of, of is he going to be solid and is he there? Um, but, but you kind of hit on something that I've been wondering for a while, Scott, and it's, you know, you have these older guys. Yes, they're 19, they're 20 years old. They're, they're not that old in reality. And for a lot of these guys, it is their first time going through a big losing skid and having a losing streak like this. I'm willing to bet 95% of them throughout their minor hockey career had never lost more than four in a row, something like that, right? So for a lot of these guys, it's a new experience and mentally it can be draining. And I wonder at what point, and maybe there's steps already being taken within the organization as a whole, but we, we hear so much about mental performance and how this, this is trending moving forward. If the Tigers really key in on that, if they haven't yet, about trying to bring in people or, or permanently having people on their staff that, uh, that deal with the mental side of the game because I think it's getting amplified more and more as you know the game gets quicker and these kids become more skilled. And you're just simply not used to going through those stretches, right? Well, is that does that have a lot to do with like encouragement? Like, do they? Here's the thing. After, I don't know necessarily. I, I should clarify. It's not about the coaches they have in place and they're not pumping kids up. I'm yeah. talking about specifically having guys on your staff that are mental performance player uh, people. And, yeah. and I know they they probably have some kind of. Well, I don't know this. I would imagine they have some kind of 
person that they can rely to, like a liaison type there deal, where if they be. call him up and then yeah. he can come in and talk to him. But I'm talking like every single day in the building, like a Mickey Lanik, who who will listen and will will give advice and will kind of guide you through because I think that's really key. And we're seeing that now with a team that is is so young and is going through this rough patch. And we maybe I at least I hadn't thought of it as much before as I have the last little bit. You know, I would think that you'd probably bring in some maybe alumni. I mean, yeah, that could work too. right. Like, sure, you can go get a professional out there. I get that, but mm. if if Willie has such a long list of people he still is in communication with, you know, guys like Stefan Meyer who are a part of the academy, and you know, stuff, people that help out, I would think you get some of the alumni to come in there that maybe have went through a losing streak playing for the Tigers, right? You know, and sit the boys down and kind of say, "Listen, I know what you're going through," mm-hmm. and kind of talk them through that. No, no, I and I think it's not necessarily just bringing in someone outside from the organization because you're dealing with Willie who has a, you know, a degree in social work. Mm-hmm. And you also have Joe Frazier who's played in the league. You, uh, you talk to the coaching staff and I think even going back to five years ago, there has been a shift in junior hockey mm-hmm. in terms of mental well-being for players on and off the ice and being able to keep your mind in a right space where you can compete night in and night out and not be completely overwhelmed by the results. And the results are a big reason, you know, we were talking earlier in the year and Willie had a great quote. He says, you know, we, we talk about development and it's so key, but at the end of the day, we're in a results driven industry yeah. in junior hockey, but it does take a toll. And you know what? Like even, you know, it's a small piece of it or small part of it, but you know, even for my perspective, you know, covering a team that has only won nine games this year, you know, you have a lot of nights where you're like, this is not necessarily the most fun experience in no, the no, world. I, I get that. And I mean, even being the arena host, right? Like yeah. that when we were good and that place is packed, that shows for me. And I'll, I'll put that energy out there. Well, and ev- everybody wants to be on a winning program, whether it's, it's the, the, the ticket taker at the booth or whether it's uh, the first line center on a team, everybody wants to be on a winning team. And when you go through, not necessarily just a rough patch, but a, a season like this for Medicine Hat, which will go down as statistically one of the, the worst seasons in franchise history. Um, there's a lot of soul searching that you have to do. And when you're a player, that, that can take a mental toll. And I, I think for the Tigers, um, you know, they've been having Zoom meetings with, you know, outside people, people within the organization. And there is a focus on that mental aspect of the game that I think when you're dealing with a team as young as Medicine Hat and as impressionable as the players are just trying to find their way in this league, that's a huge part of it. And so yeah. I, I'm sure conversations are going uh, around that topic. And I think it's one that doesn't get talked about enough in, in junior hockey about just the, the mental aspect and trying to, to stay above water a lot of games for right. these players and, and the stresses that they're under trying to perform at a high level. And, you know, we go back to, you know, there's players that this is probably the, the longest losing streak or one of the worst seasons they've had in their careers. You're also dealing with players, especially young players, who are coming into the Tigers and they have been the first line top scorer on right. their team their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And now you come into this organization and you're playing two out of three games. You're playing, you know, 10, 12 minutes a night. You're not necessarily getting the looks that you've been accustomed to your hockey career. That's an adjustment. And that's an adjustment for an adult. That's an adjustment even more for a 16-year-old. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's a big part of it as well and one that, you know, doesn't get talked about enough is – just players having to adapt to that that mental side of the game along with the physicality. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, because I know these, these kids are young and it is the, the mental aspect of it. You look at the the guys that are on their final year. You don't want to end it like this, mm-hmm. right? You, you're moving on to something else. For these younger guys, do they sit back and say, there is a light at the end of the tunnel? We, we are struggling, but there's a potential. We could get that number one pick, not only in the import draft, but the WHL draft. 
this team is going to be good. I don't think the players necessarily look at it in a way of, hey, we're, we're going to build for a number one overall pick or first pick in the import draft because at the end of the day, the players go out and they, they try and win every single game. I think management more looks at that and, and ownership, but I think for the players, the biggest thing that they can rely on right now, being a young team, and you've seen this from you know a team like Edmondson, for example, the young players that were on that roster have spent three, four years together. And there's change in the roster every year, but... Medicine Hat can look around and say, this is going to be our base for the next few years. You're not necessarily seeing a case like, you know, Winnipeg, where they're trading off a number of young players, prospects, draft picks, those type of things, and moving out players to make a run this year. Medicine Hat, this is more of a, a multi-year project for them to try and get into contending status. So I think it is big for the players where they look around and say, okay, we have our team here that we can grow together. It's not just me relied upon. And for, for young players... I think a thing that doesn't get talked about enough, you're getting a lot of players who are away from home for the very first time in their mm -hmm. lives. And for players who are coming from Manitoba, coming from the States, um, players that haven't had that experience of being billeted before, it's a chance for them to do it together, um, knowing that they're not alone. They have other 16, 17-year-old players their own age they can lean upon. We talk about it all the time what an impact the South Alberta Hockey Academy had on that core of Oren Strom and Oasis Weisblatt and Teague Patton and Tyler McKenzie and Josh Van Mulligan coming up through the program. A lot of these players have known each other since they were 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And so I think having someone to lean on both on the ice and in the mental aspect, if they're really struggling like a season it is right now, I think that's huge for this team. Yeah, and I know at Saha, a lot of focus off ice, uh, on training, on you know, physical and mental well-being. I know that's being instilled in them there. I just, I, I'm, I'm still just fascinated by the by the mental aspect of the game and just how important it's becoming, right? And just well, you see the pro clubs and how they're they're creating departments around it and have been for some time. And I, I wonder when we start seeing that take a bigger hold across junior hockey as a whole, right? Because because these coaches, it's not that they're not qualified, but there's a lot on their plate. I mean, some are GMs, some also are running multiple systems. They're running the the strength and conditioning program. Like they're asking a lot of these coaches too. So, well, and the responsibility being put on these players, especially in a an organization like Medicine Hat right now, and kind of swing it back to the last week. You know, uh, Noah Danielson going down in that game against Brandon. We're not sure on his status heading into the weekend quite yet on if he's going to miss time. You already have Tyler McKenzie out, so that leaves quite a big hole down the middle for this Tigers team. You're going to have to rely upon some of those rookies and younger players where most of the season they've been finding their way, finding their role, and all of a sudden you're playing maybe even top six duty. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of bending and shifting for this team in terms of where they fit into the lineup. And it's fluid. It's not a situation where you go, okay, I am third line left wing, and that is where I'm going to stay for the rest of the season. That's not the case. You have injuries. You have different nights where the Tigers just throw the lines into the blender like they did on Wednesday night against Brandon. It's about adapting. And adapting and not having that kind of consistency, it can weigh on a young player. So yeah. I, I, I agree. I think you know it is coming. And I think, we, like you said, we've seen at the NHL level more of a focus being put on the mental side of the game on the wellness and that translating. You're seeing, um, I know the Vancouver Canucks years ago were one of the first programs to put in a, a sleep performance coach mm -hmm. on how they how sleep affects a player on the ice and tries to, to you know tap into that side of things. And you're starting to see the trickle down from the NHL to the junior levels. It happens with rules, it happens with style yeah. of play, and it happens with off-ice you know, ways to get better. And we're seeing that with the mental side. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, well, tires are going to have to adapt this weekend. It is a busy one as they play... Swift Current Friday, you have Lethbridge Saturday, and Prince Albert on that Monday afternoon. 
Three games, four days. Do we get a win out of this? You know what? It's they're they're teams that Medicine Hats has you know battled with this year. Yes, Lethbridge Medicine Hat hasn't played Lethbridge since November. It's right. been such a long time since they've seen the Broncos, and it's a much different looking team. Lethbridge. Medicine Hat is hungry for a win. They have not beaten the Hurricanes at this point this year, uh-huh. and that is going to be a, a, a big rivalry. Return and, to Hoplo, too. Yeah, and I was just about to mention, Corson Hoplo coming back to co-op place for the first time since he was acquired by Lethbridge. That is going to be, a, if you're looking for a reason to go to a game this yeah. weekend, that's it. And even going to uh, Friday's game, the Tigers facing Eric Van Imp for the first time. Oh, yes, they weren't yes, they yes. weren't expecting to face Eric because he got traded to Seattle at the beginning of the season, but then Seattle, to make room for Lucas Fikowski, flipped him to Swift Current, so an opportunity to battle Eric and the last game he played for Medicine Hat was in Swift Current at the, the first game of the season here so it's it's weird how things work out and going to that holiday Monday game it's an early start hopefully a lot of families will head out yes. and Medicine Hat has picked up two victories against PA this year um, tied with the most uh, wins this year against an opponent with the Red Deer Rebels um, the, the Tigers are going to be hungry and there's teams here that aren't necessarily those perennial top teams that they've been facing in, in Red Deer and Edmondson and Brandon, but they cannot take these teams lightly because they haven't picked up a whole lot of wins against those three opponents yet. Hey, if the last couple games are any indication, I mean, if they if they bring their game to the point that they have against Edmonton yep. and Brandon, like this could be a very a very good weekend for could the Tigers. I also uh, I can't wait to see who gets the first jab at Hopwell on Saturday. Just, I'm, I'm calling just it right to now. Him. Opening face off, Barlogi and Hopwell gonna fight. No <laughs> way. Yep. No shot. Yeah, they have they have something to prove in their new digs. There's no way. Here's the deal. And, and Opening face-off. It's funny. The last time that Lethbridge was here, and Scott and I remember it well because I'll never <laughs> forget Pasha Botrov getting into a scrap with Logan Barlogi out of nowhere. <laughs> and we said on the call, it was just like, I wouldn't recommend you ever fight Logan Barlogi again. It's just not a good idea. He's a big dude. He's six foot five, oh. and he uses all of it. And then he doesn't care. And he showed it again on Wednesday. And uh, now I'm thinking, yeah. okay, just and don't. Pasha Botrov was the first one yeah. to congratulate <laughs> him on the fight. This <laughs> is incredible. Low key, though, that fight, the way that uh, Logan was shooting those uppercuts. Oh, oh man. Like UFC. Like, like, he is, when this kid's done hockey, different. you might want to just see if The reach and just the, the length on him oh. is wild. But, uh, but, but my guess is that it's just a little scrum in front. And and Dan Baker just gets in there, maybe just gives him a little poke in the back of the legs or something to Hoppo. And the, so? the, the first time Hoppo's that Hoppo gets in front of the net. involved in a fight, right? I don't know that he'll get into a scrap by He'll be means. in the corners, though. But Holy he'll, cow, yeah, he'll yeah, muck yeah. it up. Corners. He'll, he'll muck it up a little bit. But I, I, I don't think you're going to see any kind of scrap uh, on either side out of those two guys, whether it's Barlogi or Hoppo, just because of the long tenure and, and how you've you know developed these relationships with these guys on your teams for well, so and long. Well, Corson's but. not really known as a fighter. He'll be in the corners and he'll But he'll mix throw it down up. if he has to. He will if he has to, yeah. I just, I'm just i really looking forward to him and, and Baker going back and forth a couple of times. Cause him and Oasis maybe, some hits there. It, yeah, it could yeah, be. Might. Saturday Rhett night could be a... Yeah, Rhett would be the other one. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think there's just not there's not enough of like the, the extended amount of time together like it is with Baker and Hopwell. That I mean, they've been together with the Tigers, really coming up yeah. together, right? So, mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting. But in any case, Saturday will be a lot of fun. Then, yeah, Monday. I mean, holiday Mondays are always great. So I'm anticipating a big crowd. I I, I talked to a lot of families, and they did. You know, seven o'clock's a little too late for them. You know, when we were seven thirty, was really too late. Yeah. No excuse for a two o'clock well, afternoon game. And and you can eat and drink to yeah. your heart's content right now and go off place. And so country artist Tebe will Tebe be there. Tebe will Monday. be there too. You don't need to wow. show any codes. You could just come hang out with the family and watch some hockey. Uh, as always, Scott, we appreciate you. You can catch Scott on the call Friday, Saturday, and Monday 
on Chat 94.5. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds, business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. This is Extreme touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op, proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. The talk of Tigertown. Great moments are born in great opportunity. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Welcome back to the podcast. Our huge thanks to Scotty Roblin for uh, taking some time out of his busy, busy week. That dude is a very busy man. Yeah, yeah, he has a lot on the go. He does have a lot <laughs> on the go. And of course, in true fashion, the minute he walks out, he tweets breaking news, the uh, Medicine Tigers. He kind of touched on it last segment that... There's that potential that the WHL going to extend the season, right? Because Tigers still had five games to make up as of right now. Who knows what's going to happen later on down the road? But Tigers announcing that they are going to be making up those dates. Saskatoon going to be coming to Medicine Hat Tuesday, April the fifth. Mm-hmm. Then on Friday, April the eighth, we're going to go on that Manitoba road trip that was postponed. Right. So uh, Friday, April the eighth, we'll play Brandon. And then we'll be in Winnipeg for two games, Saturday, April 9th, and then Sunday, April the 10th. And then the weekend after that, Edmonton coming to town, new date, Friday, April the 15th. I believe that would be the end of the regular season then for the Tigers yes. on the 15th of April. So, uh, so yeah, barring any other, I guess, unforeseeable circumstances, quote-unquote, uh, the season will be bookmarked there and, and all will be be finished up for another season but uh what i say those are five games that are going to be hard games that you have to make up right yeah <laughs> yeah those those aren't exactly walks no. in the park <laughs> i mean uh, yeah there, there's no soft games in any of those but, especially considering the potential ramifications of those games when it comes to jockeying for position whether it's saskatoon or brandon uh winnipeg we're thinking going to be cemented at the top of the east and and uh, the Oil Kings, similar in the Central, we're thinking that those are going to be the top two. But even for, for conference points, who wins the conference mm-hmm. between Winnipeg and Edmonton, very well could come down to a couple of those games. So Also makes you wonder like how many games in a row these Manitoba teams are going to have to make up. Oh, yeah. Because aren't yeah. they? didn't they have to, like, five or six ga- home games were postponed or something like that? They so missed about a month. If they're going to cram them all in, we may get a tired 
Winnipeg Ice team. We may get Possible. a tire brand of Wheat Kings. Could we be the spoiler that we know we can be? Because that's pretty much what we're playing for right now. Yeah. We're spoiling. Yeah, just trying to, you know, ruin some other people's parties. Ruffle some feathers, if Rain you Rain on will. their parades, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's good. At least we know that uh, we are going to get those games in. If True. you do have tickets for the originally scheduled home games, they are going to be able to use for the new date as well. That's good. So, well, that's going to be it for us. Hopefully we see you this weekend because the Tigers are in for a very, very busy weekend. Yeah. If you're listening to it on the Friday, we're going to be in Speedy Creek tonight taking mm-hmm. on the Broncos. Then a big game. Big Saturday night tilt with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Your favorite team. Blech. Yeah, you're not a fan, hey? Very excited to see Corson Hopwell, though. That would be cool. Because uh, he's a guy that I would grow very fond of. He was one of the first guys in the tunnel. Yep. I would hope that he does the exact same for Lethbridge. So maybe I can sneak over there, give him a fist bump. Yeah, go see him quick. Yeah, give the rest of the team the middle finger as they <laughs> go on the ice. <laughs> That's not very nice. And then uh, Monday, I'm really hoping that we get a big Monday afternoon crowd. I think we will. 2 o'clock start, Prince Albert Raiders in town, a team that the Tigers have had success against this season. I believe they've won a couple of the matchups between the Tigers and Raiders. Uh, so so Monday is going to be a big one. I mean, both home games, realistically, should be pretty big. I, you always get fireworks when there's a number three rivalry kicking back in. And, mm-hmm. and then when you're able to play 2 o'clock on a Monday with no one really doing anything that afternoon, why not go spend it at co-op place? And our good friend of our radio show, Tebe, yeah. going to be in... Uh in house, yeah, he'll he'll be in attendance. So at the very least, you can wave to him from a distance. Yeah, hopefully he does something. I mean, he'll probably wave at you. Yeah, he'll probably he'd wave say at hi. But uh, we always hear about families just saying it's a little too late to get the whole kiddos to watch a whole game. No excuse Monday afternoon. True. Two o'clock family day. Last year was a huge success. Yep. That's why they did it again this year, or I guess last time around it was a huge success. Right. So uh, hopefully we'll see you down at Co-op Place this weekend. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.